Yo, 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 what's good, everyone? Welcome to another episode of the False Nine Podcast. I'm not Lewis, but I go by the name of Edwin. I'm here with Santiago. It's the hostess with the most. <laughs> the hostess with the most. Where is your introduction, Ed? <laughs> that's, that's my trivia intro. But yeah, Lewis oh, couldn't wow. be here. He had to. He he had to go get a haircut or some shit. I don't know. He's trying to look pretty for somebody. Huh? We don't know who. Pero Santi and I are here. Santi, how you doing, my man? Good. I'm good. I look a little beat up. I just had surgery on Tuesday, so don't get scared, people. I didn't get into a fight again. Don't don't let that fool you guys. He's actually just really. He's just naturally ugly, and that's just a cover up. <laughs> Damn. Come on, bro. But. We got some juicy news from this past week, especially with Tottenham Hotspur and Antonio Conte. We're going to talk about his situation. Um, we're also going to talk about some Champions League matchups as well as Barca and their Europa League victory over Napoli. But first, let's get into the nitty gritty. The real juicy stuff, Antonio Conte and Spurs lose their fourth match in five Premier League games. That is a terrible run of form for a club that is considered to be one of the big, that's considered to be one of the big six in top flight English football. Santi, Conte has um, come out and spoken in his post-match conference, uh, along with his post-match interview after the game, um, where he, he based, it kind of seems like he's asking to be sacked. Does, does it not kind of sound like that? Oh, before we talk about Conte, let's just appreciate the beauty of the history of the Tottenham. Go on to beat league leaders Man City and just <laughs> proceed to lose against bottom of the table Burnley. If that doesn't speak to the true colors of Tottenham, I don't know what does. Um, so, yeah, no, dude, bad form, bad form. I think, so I was curious because so my, my thing was, um, so I don't think he was quitting. I think he was just trying to trying to show that he was trying to call out the players by not by putting the blame on himself. I don't, did you get that feeling? Because I feel like he was he was trying to blame himself, but then he get he goes onto the quote of like it's it's always been a hey, it's been different managers, different stadiums, but it's the same players. Did, did you did you catch on that part of the interview? So uh, I don't I don't. Like, I know what you mean when he was, like, trying to quit, but I thought he was just trying to be like, yo, it's, like, some BS going on in, in, at Spurs that just you're not going to be able to, like, be able to be successful ever. Well, I mean, that's that's definitely – that's an interesting way to kind of, like, take what he said. Um, but I see where you where you could get that um, from him because he was also – with what he was saying, it also seemed like he was kind of questioning himself and his own, um, you know, managerial ability and – and philosophy and stuff like that um but no i don't i don't necessarily think that he was pulling like a reverse Mourinho, where instead of blaming the players he was blaming himself um i think i don't know i think he's just he's just fed up and you could definitely hear in in his voice you know while he was speaking that he's he's upset about the whole situation and he doesn't want to be in a situation like this and i mean can you can you blame him he's a top top manager who's won so many trophies and is used to to winning as much as possible and competing for titles not even trying to get into top four but actually competing for titles and he he can't have that he uh spurs should have signed two top class players in adama triore and um who was the other one that they were in for it, they, i feel like they're in for everyone it's like you like united like they're like in for everyone but then and- uh, compared, um, unlike United, they end up getting nobody. But yes, I do remember Traore. Easily. Yeah, Traore, I, I don't remember them. There was there was one other player I can't remember who it was, but it, it was it was really big. And for some reason, uh, the deals looked like it was about to be set to be made, but somehow they just couldn't finalize that deal. Um, and Barcelona and the other club that the other player ended up going to. Oh, um, they were in for Diaz. I mean, uh, yep, Luis yeah, Diaz. Yeah, Luis Diaz. They were in for Luis Diaz. Um, and they weren't able to finalize those deals. And Barcelona and Liverpool respectively came in and just swooped those players right up, 
up from under the rug from them. And it's kind of like, you know, given Antonio Conte's history, he is definitely the type of manager that gets into falling outs with the board if he doesn't get what he wants. Um, you've saw you've seen it with Inter because he left because they they weren't able to provide financially for him to recruit in the summer after he won the Serie A. Um, and same kind of with with Chelsea, I guess a little bit, um, where they they weren't really getting they weren't he wasn't getting the financial backing at some point. And that that one that one was strange. I, I still understand. I still don't know why he fell out because I think. I think it wasn't even about the financial support. I think they just like the type of players that he wanted was just way different. And then it got the relationship just got broken to a right. point with Abramovich that like it was just like unfixable. Because right. he went yeah. out as a freaking winner, bro. He won, he won the FA Cup. He beat us. True. Fucking oh, yeah. Us. True, true, true. Yeah. But either way, yeah, he's falling out with the board. You know, if yeah. he doesn't get what he wants, he, he seems to be kind of checked out mentally and, and he does end up leaving. Um, And that kind of seems to be a similar pattern here. But I can't, I don't blame him because like I like I said he's used to winning, um, and since he basically said also that he doesn't think that he's the right man to help Spurs in this type of situation, and if you were a top manager, would you want to go to doing you know the the runt type of work where you you have you're barely competing for titles and stuff when you're used to to winning so many trophies and stuff like can you? But my him? thing is like did he, didn't he know what he was getting into? Like they listen credit to where credit is due and with him and his previous stops, I don't remember how bad of a shape he took over Juventus when he took over Juventus uh, in the beginning. Right. But like any manager would realize like Spurs are not fixable. I feel like the, the biggest thing he came to fix was to convince Harry Kane to stay. And I think we've seen that clearly you saw that against city, the best Harry Kane is that is, like the best version of him is like is there. He wants to play for him. He wants to stay. Uh, I don't know who he, re- he signs a new contract or not. That's a different story. But like, was the goal to give? Like, what did they tell him? The goal was. So I'm assuming top four. So, well, if, again, I feel like he's being he's being a little dramatic too, though. I don't know. <laughs> like, no, and then, I don't... And then this, I mean, this is where I'll, I'll, I'll criticize him a little, like. He is sixty-seven points from United with two games in hand. Like, is he a little upset that the, for the first time in his career he lost three games in a row and four out of five? No, I like, think it's more so the fact that they're just—they're not improving. They're not improving. What's and he—he he also said that himself that they—they're just not getting better. They're staying the same, and it's not good. Look, Spurs' destiny was in their own hands. They had three games in hand, right? And if they won, they lost those, all three. If they won those three games, they would have gone into third place above Chelsea. They would have gone above Arsenal and they would have gone above Manchester United. They lose against, and if you look at those those four losses, right? Chelsea, you could kind of you kind of give them a break on Chelsea because it, it's it's Chelsea. They're definitely well, a better team. They than lost to Southampton at the end. They, they lost to Southampton. To right. They lost to Southampton where they at home. And they were two one up. They let they let go of a two one lead, and they were yeah. at home. So they should have they should have saw that result out, but they didn't. Then they lose against Wolves, where Wolves completely dominated them. Hugo Lloris made a terrible error in one of the goals, and they were just out. They were just bullied the entire match. Then you go into Man City. There's no expectations whatsoever because you're. And they win. Yeah, because you. <laughs> You, they ex- win. you expect they play better than you can. Yeah, you expect City to thrash him completely based on their recent form. And so from a Spurs point of view, the the pressure's kind of off of them because they're you're not expecting much to uh for a result against Man City. So the pressure's off, they perform brilliantly. Now they have a chance, okay, we could kind of piece these things back together with this win against Man City. They go into Burnley, and yeah, granted, Burnley is fighting for their lives right now to stay in the Premier League. But still, that pressure kind of gets put back on them. All right, we got the huge win. We could recover. Let's go do this. Boom. They fall short. So I feel like it's just like it, this is just like a Spurs type of curse type thing. You know what I'm saying? But like what curse? The curse, uh, like they can never really like, what's get. The, what's the curse about? 
the, that they can never really get themselves over the line, you know, to to actually be respected like, as so, a. So then, but the thing is, what line? Like, why? I, I think it's so. Then now I'm trying to defend Spurs as a whole. Like, why do we expect so much out of Ton? What uh, what in their spending? Literally, what in their spending and in their performance throughout just maybe just this century shows us that we should expect them to be a top four club that competes for every uh, domestic trophy in England, at least. Um, well, the, the fact that the fact. All right. So they, they started getting European football when in like 2011, right? 2010, 2011. That's when they started to break into the Europe for into Europe for the first time. Um, that the amount of money that they have, especially with the new stadium as well, um, the type of players that they've drawn in over the years, Harry Kane, Son, Bale, um, Dembele, who was magnificent for them. Then there was that season where Leicester won the title, 15-16, where they were competing for the title for a while. And then somehow, again, and this this kind of goes back to my point, this the little curse of them not being able to get over the line. They were competing for the title. Then somehow they let Arsenal finish above them in second. Um, Arsenal finished in second yeah, place. Yeah, the two-team race, and they finished third. And funny. they finished third when they were clearly a better team than Arsenal that season, you can argue. So that's right. kind of like what I'm getting at. You know what I'm saying? And it just, they don't seem to be able to get over that line to get to where they need to be. That's what I mean by like Spurs curse, I guess. So I'm just, I'm just looking at them um, throughout history where, where they finish. They didn't finish in the top four in the Premier League until 2010. Yeah. And uh, I think that's the last, that's, I think that's probably one of the years where Bale kept up, but they were always seen as not better than United Chelsea city arsenal. And I know there's a while that, Liverpool struggled, and then well, no, that for, kind of in 2010 they they did beat Man City in order to get into into Europe for the next season. So again, destiny was in their hands; they were able to do it. Destiny was in their hands when they managed to get to a Champions League final. They Pochettino made some terrible mistakes, whatever, but he, he Pochettino did build something pretty good there. Then you bring in Mourinho, where it kind of reverses everything that Pochettino was kind of building. And right. Again, he. Started out, you know, started out great because if you look at the time from the from the moment that he was appointed, because it was midseason to the end of that season, how far he took them for for that amount of time, incredible. I think he took them from like what twelfth all the way to they finished what fifth or something like that. See, I feel like I feel like they peaked when um when they got second. Not even so, they got third again when Leicester won, and the year after they got second. I think that's when they peaked domestically. Like, I don't understand why. Like, I think we always think of Tottenham, and like in the beginning of the year, do we seriously think they should be contending for the title? Um, like, and our predictions, do we legitimately think ah they should compete for top four? No, 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 because because of the fact, and and again, this is just tomfoolery. They chew, They bring in Nuno, and Nuno wasn't even the first. There was he was probably their thirteenth or fourteenth choice on the list of managers that they wanted to bring in. The players didn't buy into his system. Yada yada yada. That didn't work out whatsoever. Then they bring in Antonio Conte. Antonio Conte, during during his first few like two months or so, started out great. They were looking dominant. They were looking really good. And I remember we were talking about this next season when he has a full season and after a summer transfer window, if he gets, we keep saying compete for top four, though, we never say they should win the title. No, I said, I said he would be, he would be competing for the title. Oh, I I never thought that personally. So I I just think we overrate Spurs. uh, Yeah, for sure. No, for sure. For sure. And, and, And don't get me wrong. And then Conte has the expectation of like, oh, we should be better. But like, you're still like, he's like, he's like, you know, you're like saying like, oh, he's kind of like pretty much like quitting. And I'm like, okay, but like, if you're a ton, I'm like, even finishing fifth is a good season for you. Any, any season. All right. That's the thing. But it's Conte doesn't want to be in a situation like that. Think about it this way. If you, so what did he get himself into? (laughs) I, 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 I know I, it's, uh, 
to a certain extent, you're kind of like, oh, well, you kind of knew what you were signing up for. You know what I'm saying? But I, I'm assuming that he thought, yeah, I can make a difference with these guys or whatever. And then he's kind of he's in there for the amount of time that he's been in there for. And he's kind of and he's just like, like, yeah, nah, these guys like they do not want to get better whatsoever. Like what 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 in the meeting? Because like, they, they had definitely met before the season. What changed in the meeting between him and Parat? Paratich, Parat, Paratici, I don't know his name. Like the the, the, the sporting director uh, in the beginning of the season and in the middle of the season. I really, like, what could have changed? You've been like, oh, we expect you to take us to top four? I feel like I feel like it would have been the same conversation both times. Like, I don't, you know what I mean? Like, he, he's saying, I understand the, you know, you should bring me players, but at the same time, it's like, we set this when we first came in. It's like, he expects a lot of players. Okay. Well, all right. Well, all right. So I guess I'm assuming the conversations from when he was about to get appointed to get him appointed. They're like, okay, look, if you could just make some slight improvements up until the January transfer window, we will get you the players that you need. And then obviously those two players that, that were really big on their, on their books fell through. So that was a huge bump in the road for them. I feel like. But I don't know. I do remember. I do remember before he took the Spurs job, there were reports that he was hesitant about it. And the same thing with Manchester United, where he was saying the same thing about Manchester United, where he felt like he wouldn't be able and to listen, improve if, that. If, if that's fine, that's fine. But I feel like then he should be a little more. If he's already being transparent about like what he wants, like I feel like he, like like what's stopping him from just being transparent of yeah, the club told me to do this, and like you know, what I'm trying to say if he's tr- if he's truly putting out like. Is the resignation letter everything in this press conference? I feel like he should have been a little more transparent about it. Yeah, um, you know what I'm trying to say. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess it's I guess it's tricky because the, it just looks the optics just look bad. Like, yeah, no, it, it does. It, it does like, look bad. It's just like okay, you 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 expect okay, you want to get time to for no, you couldn't. You you. you I mean, still kind of likely. Like the the Mark Goldberg actually made a video the other day comparing Arsenal, Tottenham, and United, kind of trying to predict the rest of the season. And he predicted Spurs has the easiest schedule uh, left, and they should actually get top four. They do what they're supposed to do. And they're struggling. I don't know. Like, I don't, like, this, it gets hard once, and now you're like, yeah, I'm, I'm over it. Like, it looks bad, man. Yeah. No, no, I get it. I get it. Um, but also, this is uh, Antonio Conte's 21 matches in into the spell with Spurs, and this is actually his – he has the worst winning percentage of his career since. Wait, he's played. He's managed twenty-one games as a, as a whole. As a whole, twenty-one total. Twenty-one total. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Twenty-one total, and his win his win percentage is fifty-two percent. Um, that's his worst since since he managed Siena. You back oh in God. back when he was appointed for them in two thousand ten, and his win his win percentage with them was fifty percent. With everything else with Inter, he's sixty-two percent. Chelsea, sixty-six percent win win rate. Italy, fifty-eight. Juve, sixty-seven. And then um, Atalanta. I'm not counting Atalanta because he only played um, managed fourteen games with them. But his win percent percentage was twenty-one percent. So I mean, obviously he's Christ. he's not used to this type of situation. Um, and I don't blame him for being mad and wanting to to be like, look, like th- this is unacceptable. I can't, I can't accept losing four games out of five. Yeah, matches. the worst thing. The oh, wait, hold on, I just saw something crazy. Hold on, I'm looking at the stats. The worst thing, you know how this is like the worst winning percentage since Siena, right? Yeah. Um, and then we probably don't count um the other stops like Atalanta or Bari. Yeah. This is the worst points per match. Even from Siena, this is one point seven one points per match. It's Siena is one point eight two. Oh man! Oh yeah, <laughs> that's really bad. Um, so yeah, you could definitely see Spurs don't seem to be improving whatsoever. And yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, do you think? Do you think the board will sack him after? After these? After this? I mean, they definitely have to have a conversation with him. 
I'm honestly, I don't think so because I feel like Tottenham is happy with him. I, I think it's the other way around. He's gonna have to quit if he wants to leave. Sheesh. I, I, listen, if I'm Tottenham and I get him, and clearly they're not improving, um, but as a, as a unit, but you've seen better seen better performances from players. Like Harry Kane is getting back to his normal form. Like, I don't know. It, it, it really also depends on, like, what's the goal of Tottenham Hotspurs? Like, do they want to be a profitable club? Or profitable? I think they want to be. Do they want to make Europe? Do they want to win a trophy? Do they want to be competitive? I don't know. Like, like so some of the moves they make is suggest you they want to be competitive, they want to win a trophy, but then it's like, all right, we'll get a good coach, but we won't spend money. Like, how does that work? Right, right. Well, yeah, it's it's going to be interesting to see. We'll see what happens within the next, you know, couple of days, rest of the week. Um, definitely in the in the next match to see how Spurs responds um, to everything that's been going on. But yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be an interesting next few days for sure. All right, so let's move on to Champions League. All right, we'll talk about Manchester United. Santi, your team. With a disappointing result. Ah, well, I don't know. To me, disappointing. I don't know about Not you. Not disappointing because we've literally played so bad. <laughs> well, yeah. Coming right back. All right. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Next, we're going to talk about the Champions League. Um Santi and I, and I believe Lewis as well, we're on the same page as this. There weren't many interesting matches for round two of the of the knockout stages for the round of 16, but definitely Atletico Madrid and Manchester United. That was a huge match. Um, I personally wanted Manchester United to completely slap the crap out of Atletico Madrid, but just more disappointment, my man. You guys barely got a draw with Alanga scoring in the 80th minute equalizer. But Santi, tell us about the match, bro. What did you think? What did you see from your team? Um, like I said before the break, honestly, easily could say the worst game we've played on the route. Uh, everyone was very pressed. Bruno lost the ball 13 times in the first half. I believe Pogba lost it like 12 times. Jeez. Of course, the header by Joao Fe- uh, Felix, a five-foot Eight loses Harry Maguire's mark in the box, an 80 million pounds center back. Um, no, nothing to save out of this performance other than like it, it's with the Champions League. And this, this, I don't want to compare the two because it's not fair to those Real teams. But a lot of the times, if you think about it, Real in the past. Even almost even the uh, last week against PSG, like they don't play that well, and they always just survive in advance. Like, like that mentality of just surviving and advancing. Real almost portray it to the T a lot of, uh, in a lot of these in these tournaments. Um, and you almost saw it last week where they played awful. They didn't play anything creative. They just sat back against PSG and almost brought brought home a draw. So. Not to say my team is Real Madrid because we're not. Oh, God. We're very dysfunctional, but just the resiliency is is good. You know, like to just just the only thing I can take away out of it is we were resilient. We Alanga is looking like he's going to take Marcus Rashford's spot anytime soon at this point. Well, fr- from and what I saw, we, we got, I thought I thought Rashford played pretty well. No, he's terrible, dude. Stop it. In the first half. No, bro. Like, um, so there's like this. It's just, he's his decision making in the final third is just so bad, and I don't know if he's still injured from the back or, but he's just not the same player. And you shouldn't start for our team anymore. Kind of sad. Damn. Now, to be fair though, he wasn't the only uh, bad player. Like I said, Bruno played awful. Pogba played awful. I was telling Lewis uh, yesterday how. It's crazy that the that 
yesterday I, I actually finally realized that our best two in the middle is freaking McFred. <laughs> like, I mean, they, they got scary. they built the chemistry this season with Pogba out with that from that injury. No, but it's not even that. It's just like the balance. It's just I, I think I mentioned in the last podcast where Ralph does really see Pogba and Fred as the same player because none of them really do the defensive work as well as McTominay some, somehow. <laughs> and that was bad. Luke Shaw, I don't know why he's still the starting left back. I don't understand why he couldn't just bench Maguire and play Lindelof with Baran and have a right back. Yeah, Lindelof played right back, right? Yeah, I don't he I think he wanted to start Lindelof. But he I, couldn't I leave out Maguire. Yeah, it, it was just weird. I, I don't I don't I didn't understand that part. Now, though, to give credit, there's some tactical shit. I don't know what game plan Simeone drew up, but whatever he did was genius. Because he started, he would he would attack when they had the ball, but then when they had possession of the ball, they would have four in the back. But when they were attacking in the final third, they somehow became back three. But the back three, the back three wasn't even like the left back with two center backs. It was like Condobia with Jimenez and Savage. And then the <laughs> left back would move up to left mid. Lodi would be left wing. Versalico would be right mid. And Bjorenta would be right wing. And Felix and Correa were just moving around in the middle. It was just crazy. Those tactics were insane. I know we call him a terrorist, but yo, that was a brilliant game plan. And you know the craziest thing? Mm. Only one goal. That's the craziest thing. I'm, so. I am shocked. I'm shocked that you feel like it's crazy that it was only one goal. Due yes, to the because fact since Atletico always played defensively. No, they did. Listen, maybe they sat back a little. Maybe they dropped the intensity after the goal, but they, they were playing like it was their final. They played really well. They, they like, I was also telling Louis, like, John Felix, that was the best game I've ever seen him play. Wow. Wow. I went in the athletic for sure. That uh, was like the, he was, he was showing the flashes of like the 160 million pounds that they fucking paid for. Like, damn. that was like it, it, big stage, man. He played well. Damn. Oh, you know, I was also saw, I also saw, um, there was two moments in, in United's attack. And it, this was during the, the same time period where, um, I believe Marcus Rashford, I I think he got the ball out wide to the right and he sent he sent in this this cro- across for Ronaldo and it was completely terrible. I don't remember if it was Rashford that did it, but across came in from the right side. It was, it was completely Rashford terrible. And Luke, it, it was it was I think Rashford Rashford and Luke Shaw and Rashford again. It yeah, was, yeah, yeah. And it, Ronaldo, it was great. Ronaldo Ronaldo was so, good service. No, yeah, because the both crosses. So Rashford crosses the first time from the right side. It went all the way. It didn't get to anyone in the box. It went all the way to the left wing. Shaw got it. He sent him to cross again. It didn't go to anyone again in the box. It went all the way back to the right wing. And then Rashford had another chance to cross it. And basically the same shit. He just crossed it to no one. And it just went to the other side of the field. And you just see Ronaldo's face. And he was so... He was so disappointed and upset. And it's just like, Jesus, man, like this guy needs the service. Like, how could he put this team on the back on his back when he's not getting anything? There's nothing for him to attack. Yeah, dude, it was it was crazy. And they always want they want to say how like Ronaldo's like struggling. I mean, he is. Um, and actually, uh, I don't know if it, this just came out, but I don't know if this happened before. The the game against Athletic or after, but apparently there's conversations of uh, playing two up front again, which that's what they should. I don't. I think Ronaldo playing up top by himself is just, it's just yeah, yeah. It's especially because of his age. And I mean, don't get me wrong. He's and honestly, outstanding. Yo, yo, you know what? You know what'd be honestly interesting. I honestly, why don't you put Bruno next to Ronaldo? Like instead of playing Bruno behind Ronaldo, just play both of them as striker. Like, well, why I not? Mean, wouldn't Wouldn't you want Bruno? Because doesn't Bruno have like amazing stats in terms of like chance creation? Um, yes, a hundred percent. But, so, I but mean, why um, wouldn't you want him like in the midfield picking those balls up and then just? Well, the thing was, so I don't think he'd do well in like as a right mid or left mid. And yeah. we only really play him at like true center mid when like we're trying to score a goal and like we're like 
ultra attacky. So me personally, I just unless it's not Cavani, I would honestly put Bruno next to Ronaldo. Mm. Well, I think he's the one other than Sancho and sometimes Pogba and when fucking Luke Shaw can get across it. Um, <laughs> Bruno's the best player that, 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 that is able to find Ronaldo. Right, right. All right, well, so you, you said your best midfield options for starting is most likely McFred. Well, yeah. <laughs> I, I, th- I thought all he had, he had something going for him when he was playing Paul Pogba out at left mid, left wing, left mid, left wing, whichever it was. I thought he had something going there. Like he was on to something. And I think if you're with Marshall gone, right. And you don't have to worry about that. Uh, the attacking numbers, I guess, with one more gone. And then also Mason Greenwood out of the club as well for the time being. Um, why not? Why not experiment with that? Put him out, put him out wide. That way you can have that, that, promising or not promising but you know most co- uh, efficient midfield lockdown and then you have one of your most creative players ever on the field as well at the same time i mean i mean listen i watch that team all the time you know me what was our actually like well how what, how do you actually play i know we played four in the middle but like did the wingbacks go up? They, was it just Fred and Pogba just stretching out? I think I think what ended up happening is Bruno would end up becoming number nine a bunch of the times. And whoever would play up top, which is usually was really Greenwood or Rashford or Greenwood, Martial, Martial, Rashford, I think, end up being on the wing. And here's me saying, here's a, another proof of Bruno could just play number nine, bro. I don't, I don't, I don't see the issue there. Well, okay, so my, I guess... If I were to pick my own Manchester United started in 11, right? I think I think I would go and I'm not a fan of the 4-2-2-2 whatsoever. Um I would probably go with either a 4-2-3-1 or a 4-3-3 attack with like the with like a triangle as like the mid three and like the okay. like the the top or whatever would be Pogba as like a cam type thing no listen uh, the, the reason why we don't do 433 is because we can't properly defend <laughs> so i honestly if we actually had prop, proper defenders we would do a 433 like that's rashford and, and sancho should not be going um dropping it back as they should if we actually knew how to defend hence i mean you can correct me if i'm wrong but in city 433 do you really depend on ross and mars to drop back no as not, much not necessarily no, not really. I think, and I think Mars does do a little bit of the defensive work more than Raheem does. Um, they kind of like take turns with it, in my opinion. But, um, all right. So the four three three wouldn't work, in your opinion. So four two three one would be my second ideal, right? So I would have my back four. De Gea would be the keeper. My back four uh-huh. would be Shaw left back, and I, I know, I know you don't like it. I know you don't like it. Whatever. Lindelof. Yes. Veron. Yes. Dalod. Yes. McFred, the two. Unfortunately, but yeah. <laughs> Left mid, Pogba, right? Then Bruno, CAM. Then either um, what's, then Sa- either Sancho or Rashford. It doesn't matter who, but I would probably choose uh, Sancho ahead of Rashford at the moment. And then Cristiano Ronaldo up top. I think that would be a good starting 11 and then obviously you need to you need the tactics to accommodate for that um but mc uh fred no no i'm sorry not fred mctominay would probably be as the holding midfielder fred will kind of have a a little bit of a license to roam forward a bit but not not too much you wouldn't have like a a, too much of a free roam type of role you know what i'm saying just just get into the edge of the box for crosses you know what i'm saying and then the two wingers or outside mids to be stuck to the line Pogba to kind of check in deep a little bit. And then he would be more of like a free roam type of player. And then Ronaldo doing his thing. Who, who would you put at right mid? Sorry, I just blanked out. Either either Sancho or Rashford, but I would choose Ra- uh, Sancho at the moment as opposed to, to Rashford. Solely because of the price tag of Sancho. And then also I think Sancho is starting to find his groove a little bit. I mean, that's interesting. Um, with the but the Pogba thing, but going back to 
when we first started talking about this, I think Ronaldo can't be the sole striker. Honestly, why not try Ronaldo back at left wing? What's like? What's how's that gonna kill him? Honestly, yeah, that that actually wouldn't be that bad. That wouldn't be that bad. And then put Cavani up top. Put Cavani up top, and then put Ronaldo left wing. Left wing, and then Pogba as the CAM, and then maybe Bruno as. Oh, Bruno would probably be. Yeah, I mean, better. yeah. What? Yeah. Um. Sorry, I'm just trying to think. We have it's it's weird. We have a lot of subs, but at the same time, like I don't think our subs make sense a lot of the times. Yeah. I don't know. Um. Like, can you? I don't see. I, I, then this is more now. I'm actually starting to see that I don't. I don't think Bruno and Pogba can play in the same team. Like it's too unbalanced for us. If we were more, if we were more of a proper defending team, like we actually knew how to defend as a unit, I think it's not a big deal. But the fact that we are very incohesive and we don't know where everyone is and whether everyone's got their marks, Pogba and Bruno can't play in this on the same starting eleven. Damn, that's unfortunate. Yeah, that is unfortunate. But, 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 but. Good news is you have a second leg and you're not down. And the second leg is at Old Trafford. So we will see come in two weeks' time. But I think I think Manchester United should should get the victory. I don't think if they three, show three. up. Oh, it's in three weeks. Yeah. Um I don't think um Atletico Madrid would get a result at Old Trafford, especially if, if Manchester United actually show up. Um but I can see the I can see United advancing two one on aggregate one 0 in the second leg. Uh, what about you? Realistic Ronaldo scored twice two nothing. <laughs> All um, right, you heard it there. You heard it there. All right, next let's move on to the Europa League, where your Catalunians beat Napoli and they advance to the actual round of sixteen. This whole format is kind of weird, but Santi, give us your take on the match. Tell us why you you want to praise uh, Barcelona again, dude, dude, dude. It was beautiful. I uh, I don't remember the last time I enjoyed watching Barcelona this much in a long in like like we just watched the game. Because it had been a while, even with Messi, that it was like, you watch Barca, and you'd be like, all right, let's see what Messi does. Like, I, this is, like, probably since, like, Neymar's last year. I don't remember watching this Barcelona and just being so, like, wow, they're playing so well and, you know, so cohesive. And, yo, it is that that man, that little man, Xavi Hernandez, bro, what a difference he's made on this team. And they look great. The additions of Traore, Ferran Torres, Aubameyang, and now they have this, they, I don't know how, but now they have like a, like they have like five or six midfielders like play all the time. It's pretty much like a rotation between De Jong, Busquets, Pedri, Gavi, and Nico. It's amazing. <laughs> Yo, they're dangerous. They're really dangerous. Yeah, no, they're starting to get their. It looks like they're starting to get their DNA back with Xavi, which is it's, it's very, it's very lovely to see actually, especially with, with the game at the weekend against Valencia. They were, and we we kind of touched upon it a, just a little bit in our last podcast. Like they were playing so beautiful. They had beautiful team goals against Valencia, um, and then Obama Yang he got on the score sheet against Napoli as well. Um, so he looks to be enjoying life in Barcelona. Adama, oof, and you you said it as well in another podcast where he, he's playing the best football of his life right now with Barca. 15 goals in the last five games, four goals in three of the last five. Jeez, jeez. Like, so, of course, I think they need to still fix up the defense. I think Jordi Alba's getting up in each. Uh, yeah. So, you know, this is not compensable enough, and I think the only reason why he's playing is because they couldn't register Dani Alves uh, for the Europa League. Uh, Araujo started taking a step up, but clearly Pique is getting up in age. You can't depend on him all the time to be to perform amazing. Yeah. Uh, clearly, Linglet or Eric Garcia are not going to be that person. 
And the craziest thing today, again, I, I don't know if I'm, I think I mentioned it too last podcast, but yo, Ter Sagan sucks, man. Ter Sagan is not that good. He can't, he committed a blunder and thankfully they didn't come hurt him, but this is bad. So maybe they'll get a new keeper, but it's something you don't need, they don't need to do currently, like right away. But yo, two more play, like, like I said, one more center, one more center back and one more either right back or left back, like a, that's going to start for years to come. I think they're slowly phasing out Busquets. So that's, and that's, that's an improvement. And then, so you get that new center back to slowly phase out PK. And then, yo, oh, the rebuild really was only six months. That's crazy. Yo, yeah, you, you wish as a Manchester United Spur, you wish, bro. But now, nah, yeah, you, you mentioned Jordi Alba. Yeah, he's definitely getting older in age. He scored against Napoli. He also scored a screamer against Atletico Madrid. Dest, he also started against Napoli as well, um, which I was kind of surprised by because in the first leg, I was expecting Dest to start since Dani Alves wasn't able, started able to Mingueza, play. Yeah. yeah, and he started Mingueza instead. Um, so I was kind of expecting that for this leg. And nah, he started Dest. So, I mean, I don't know. Hopefully he kind of proved himself to Chavi and kind of got a little bit on the, on the favorable side with him. And I'm hoping... I am I am really hoping that he he is that right back that Barcelona could get for years to come. I know you're not convinced really? by him, but yeah, I know you're not Still convinced not by him. But. Well, today, 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 to be honest, I did see some flashes. I thought I saw flashes that I haven't seen before from him. So maybe also, maybe just the playing style. You know, sometimes with when you were they were playing with Kuman, it was just everyone looked like old, slow, and just like none of them should play for FC Barcelona ever again. Yeah. So now it's more fleet flowing. The press was working well. Yo, it really was like a pep team, man. It really <laughs> reminded me of a pep. Word. It's crazy. Well, all right. So with with Barcelona get falling into form like this, do you kind of do you see them being favorites to win the Europa League now, or do you still think Sevilla? Yes, I, I think it's between them and um and Sevilla. Between them, Sevilla, and I'm just trying to look at the teams that, and I guess West Ham. Oh yeah, those West. three. Yeah, I'm hoping. I'm rooting West. for West Ham, baby. Now, there, there, now there was no only. So the only upset that really happened was Dortmund. They lost, but other than that, Leipzig won, Porto won, Atalanta won. So they're still good teams. Yeah, but Sev- I think Sevilla advanced. With, I think with lost. the form that Barca is in, right? And Sevilla, Sevilla still in, uh, got got. Uh, yeah, they advanced. But they, yeah, well. but they lost. And they also had a red card. So, so yeah, maybe Betty. I don't know how informed they are, but Betis, I mean, I, I think, I, you know, I always try to side with La Liga. I think La Liga teams are always the best position to win European trophies. I don't know why. It's just been always been the case. Of the and corruption. maybe not so much in the Champions League lately, but I think the Europa League, always a, a, a La Liga team makes it to the finals. Yeah. Always. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, all right. So if you're Barcelona, who who do you want your your next opponent to be for the round of sixteen? Like, what's what do you think would be? Who do you want? So you get you get you gotta get one of the top. Honestly, the only person, the only team I would have I would want to avoid would probably be West Ham, maybe Leverkusen, or maybe Leon. But if I'm Barcelona, I I don't care who I'm playing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. I, I I guarantee you, none of these teams want to face Barcelona. Yeah. Yeah. Like imagine winning your group. Imagine winning your group and like, oh yeah, well, your first game after the round of sixteen is uh Barcelona. What? <laughs> Bro, if oh my god, if, if they get West Ham, I'm gonna be so sad. I'm rooting for West Ham. I am. Why? Because you know, you know, I want my my prem my prem boys to. To thrive in Europe, what man. They, West Ham can also, 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 West Ham again. West Ham is my second favorite team. It's not That's a conflict of it's not a conflict of interest because they're not going to win a Premier League, bro. They can knock That's us so out of a. They can Why'd knock, you pick West Ham? I don't know. I, I, just always, I just always had a soft spot for them. They can knock us out of the EFL Cup. They can not knock us out of the FA Cup, but they sure as hell ain't taking a Premier <laughs> League from us. I don't think so. And if they do, that's that means Declan Rice State. <laughs> yeah, and they get so. like an, another a modern day Paula de Canio. 
Yeah, dude. No. Um, but no, dude, yeah. But I actually want to say, even you know, just to talk about Barca's form, I honestly think looking at La Liga standings, I think they could finish even second. Jesus. I think they could catch up Sevilla. Yeah, yeah. And the, and the the one game in hand that Barca do have is against Sevilla, who is six so. points ahead of them. Um, but again, Barca do have a game in hand. So it could be, ideally be three points if they win that game in hand against Sevilla. But, yeah, I yo, it's crazy. I and if if only if there weren't so many points behind Madrid, I'd be like, yo, they could even shop for the title still. Yeah, know, we, we can't get ahead of ourselves. Yeah, if, if Madrid were like maybe four points behind them what they actually are if they had 53 points then yeah probably but all right that's all we got for the week roundup next santi's gonna hit us he's gonna bless us with some bets if y'all trying to trying to make some money and welcome back to the best segment of the show Ballon d'Or bets. Uh, last time out, we were god awful. We were hit with a broomstick from upstairs from the gambling gods, and uh, they kind of gave us a reality check. <laughs> so our <laughs> record now this season is seven fifteen and three, a negative again, minus one point seven six units. We went one in five to be exact last week. Terrible, terrible. So um. But you know what? That doesn't that doesn't um, that doesn't bring our motivation down. Doesn't bring down our vibes. Still good vibes. We're trying to still win some money, put some more stakes into watching more footy. You know, so let's go to England. Big game this weekend. The EFL Cup final: Liverpool, Chelsea, and God's. I I don't know in what world Chelsea beat Liverpool, number one. I don't know in another world that Liverpool, uh, not Liverpool, that Salah doesn't score. So we're making those bets. Salah to score plus plus 175, put a unit in it. And Liverpool to win plus 135. They're going to win in regular time. Chelsea will not score against Liverpool more than one goal. And I know for a fact Chelsea's not going to be able to hold that attack of Diaz, Mane, and Salah. So staying in England, my favorite team, they have the best games ever, Leeds. God, I can't wait to see them get relegated. Um, they play Tottenham, and, you know, both these teams can't defend for shit, but they could score. So we're taking the over two and a half at minus 150. Uh, hopefully that's that, that hits. And then we're going to go, we're going to make the weird trip to France since we don't want much of league on. but. I've had this. I have this. I've encountered this theory this week with a bunch of French reporters about poor performances by French teams after a European or a Champions League game. So, which French team play this week? Lille. So, I'm expecting Lyon to be Lille this weekend, and they're at minus 125. So, it's good odds. So, we take that. And then finally, final stop and. Espana, we're going to go with the three the, the three-headed monster of Barca, Atletico, and Real, all to win. Real play at Rayo Vallecano. Atletico play at home against Celta. And Barcelona play at home against Atletico. After what I saw Barca today, there's no doubt in my mind, they have that Atletico game in the, in, uh, from the Copa, uh, not the Copa, right, from the Super Cup uh, that they remember they want to avenge. Atletico play their best game of the season, and I think they're gonna uh, maintain that form. And Real playing Vallecano, they're playing the weakest team, so I don't see them losing. So that's a plus three thirty one, and that's our parlay of the week. And just to review, Liverpool to win plus one thirty five, Salah to score plus one seventy five, the over in the Leeds Tottenham game of two and a half minus one fifty, Leon to win minus one twenty five. And parlay of Barca, Atletico, and Real to all to win plus three thirty one, and that's our bets of the weekend. What, what are we telling, Lu- uh, not Lewis, Edwin? What are you telling? What are you telling? I think 
I think the Liverpool to win is a good one. Um, I do like that one because I I don't see I don't see Chelsea winning that match. Um, however, I also think if you if you were kind of hesitant on that game in general, for anyone listening, I think a good alternative would be under for the the total goals to be under two point five or maybe even under three point five. Because my prediction is for Liverpool to win one nil um, or maybe two one. So. Do with that information what you will. Yada, yada, yada. I like the La Liga parlay as well. Um, I think Barca with the form that they're in, incredible. Real Madrid also, um, you know, leaders in La Liga going against one of the bottom sides. Uh, so that, that should be a victory as well. And Atletico Madrid, uh, I don't know. Uh, I'm... Every, every, time I, every time I bet on them, they fucking, they always do me dirty. So we'll see, but I won't be making I won't be making any bets this week because I've been I've been losing too much. I've been losing too much, n- not listening to Santi, but just for me being stupid. Okay, bro, I'm here for you. <laughs> word, word, but now nah, overall, overall good picks, good picks. I do like it. I also like I like the amount of of research you you put into making your bets as well. It's respectable. Thank you. Yep. Thank but you. that is all the time we got for this episode of the False Nine. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Give us a subscribe. Give us some more listens to our other episodes as well. Check out my YouTube channel, 12th Man FC on YouTube. I just be gaming on FIFA on there because I don't got a life. Follow our follow our socials too. On Instagram, we are the underscore false nine. I'm Edwin. My username is Edwin23R. And Santiago, his is at, but it's spelled Santiago, right? How do you spell it? How do you spell yours? It's like two T's and like two two A's and two two O's. Hold on. <laughs> yeah, two T's, two A's, two O's. Word. Santiago. Santiago, word. But thanks again, guys. We'll be back next week with another episode. Till then, baby. Oh.